This is Cultural Quarter of an Hour and I'm Charlotte Foster. Every week we will be exploring the culture of Stoke-on-Trent and the surrounding area. Some weeks I'll be visiting events, other weeks I'll be looking back at our history, but always with an eye on the future. And you'll also hear the stories of the people who make this area just what it is. Culture is all around us. It's in the buildings, it's deep underground, it's in the air, and of course, it's in our blood. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you had a lovely sunny bank holiday weekend. Certainly sunny around Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire. Hope we didn't get too sunburnt. There was so much stuff going on over the weekend as well. We had the uh, Burslem Festival going on in, funnily enough, Burslem. Maybe you went to Burslem, Boslem by the beach. Um, the Limelight Festival was going on and the Pitwill was officially unveiled in Silverdale as well. So there's lots of stuff going on. I spent my weekend finding a little bit more out about somewhere new in Newcastle. It's called Cultural Squatters and I'll let the people behind the scheme tell you all about it. My name is Narina Stead. I am kind of Head gaffer at Cultural Squatters in Merrill Street in Newcastle under Lyme. We are a community cafe. We are a, an art space. We're a community hub. We are a volunteer hub. We are a really cool social space. We're pretty much anything you want us to be. We've been open for, I think, 11 days. So we had our official launch on the 1st of May, but we'd been open for about four or five days beforehand just for our volunteers and myself to kind of learn to work with each other, even though we'd done training with customers, how to use the tail, and, you know, so just to get familiar before we had the big launch with the press and the, you know, the local council members and other services and professionals and it was so we wanted to be prepped for that so yeah not very long how did you come up with this concept I've always wanted for like ever to have a space like this it's been bucket list have a little cafe I always wanted to call it the sunshine cafe actually (laughs) such an old hippie and this idea came about through a couple of conversations saw the space Table Tennis England, who are amazing and have given us use of four of their table tennis tables, have a scheme where they put them in uh, shopping precincts that aren't doing very well, but they have never really had somewhere like this to house them. They normally put them in the walkthroughs. They were really excited and it just happened. So from January, mid-January, it all suddenly was like, let's do it. Let's see if we can do it. Oh my gosh, we can. We're doing it. Oh, my head's still spinning. It's a place that everybody can use. What do you, what is your ideal situation for seeing people in here? I've got a few dream kind of scenarios that I'd love to see happening. First of all, intergenerational cooperation. So we would have elderly folks, young people working together on whether it's a workshop, whether it's just chatting um that that would be fantastic for me and so we've got that side of it we are about inclusivity and diversity that's what drives everything that we do we've created this space so that everybody can use it we have a license we're not choosing not to sell alcohol 
because I didn't want to potentially um, put off potential customers, but more importantly, members of our community from coming here. All sorts of people wouldn't want to necessarily frequent a place that sells alcohol. So we don't. We want to be as inclusive as we can. So we've got that side of it, bringing people together. We're also doggy friendly. So I have this, this little daydream where we've got everyone kind of chatting and mingling and a little art workshop going on in the corner and the ping, 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 tap, tap, tap of table tennis everywhere and doggies jumping for the balls and landing in teapots and it just being... I, I tried to create somewhere that is a bit like being at home where you can just whack the kettle on, plug the laptop in, do a bit of work, chat, bring your friends and we've had two separate lots of customers so far that have come in and said it's like being at home and I'm like oh fantastic and then also upstairs another ideal is to get that place cracking as somewhere where local artists performers poets um, bands musicians dancers any or all of the above are using that space to rehearse and then ultimately to put on pay gigs because we've got a great space upstairs and we need people to be using it but we need people to come in to see the potential upstairs and just create a really cool vibe and energy about the place for everybody to use volunteer-led volunteer run why is that important it's a little bit of a, um, I've done lots and lots of volunteering for years myself in between jobs, around jobs, whilst working. I think it's an incredibly rewarding vocation. And without becoming political, one sees so many people who are, have learning difficulties, people's learning difficulties, long-term unemployed, and they are being encouraged to take on work experience in big companies with no promise of employment but the carrots being dangled and they come away quite disillusioned and they work very very hard and they're treated like an employee but they're not and I wanted to create a space where adults and young people all ages can volunteer here with consent obviously where it's appropriate and first of all feel really valued so important I'm incredibly protective of my volunteers and to gain really good quality skill-based experience they're developing incredible communication skills they're developing um, literacy and numeracy skills they don't even realize they're doing it I, li- I have this phrase that I like to use for my other workshop education by osmosis they don't necessarily realize they're learning as much as they are and I wanted to create something where people, volunteers, first and foremost, felt very, very valued. And thus far, I think I'm succeeding really well with that. The volunteer crew are amazing and they're forming friendships and we're getting to be a very close team and they are excelling themselves already with the support and the encouragement that we all give each other. I've never run a coffee shop before no idea (laughs) but we're doing it we've got the relevant we've got everything we need in place all the right training all the right certificates everything's there but then there's doing it and we're all learning together and we're doing a great job what's been the biggest learning curve so far oh goodness me oh 
There's been quite a few. <laughs> I'm going to find it very interesting to see how upstairs is with opening up to the public. We had an incident on our first night that we'd opened on Friday. We did a May the 4th Be With You gig. It was fantastic. Um, and things were broken deliberately and maliciously that we don't have the money to repair. And they were done in a very sly way. And they were only found afterwards. And it was big stuff. The system was ripped off the wall. All of the light fittings were ripped out. The basin was ripped out. And then they just walked out. And nobody found it until like 20 minutes later. And it was devastating. We, we are not funded. We don't have the money for things like that. Everything in here has been donated. And yeah, pretty much it's all donation based. It's beg, borrow, steal, you know. People have given their time, friends and family. And then to see something, it was just so very unnecessary. And, and, and inexplainable as to why they would do that. And that was like, wow, Marina, you know, because everything, we, we're anticipating it to be a self-policing, hashtag be kind, self-policing environment. My hippie ideals, you know, a bit of an angry hippie, you know, things will, I won't sit back and take it. And that, that just this weekend made me think, oh, blimey, you know, we have to be careful about this. But it was resolved. My son-in-law fixed it all amazingly. Uh, so there's definitely that from a practi practical perspective. And um, personally, the big, another huge learning curve has been, it, it's actually been a really positive one. And it's been realizing that a lot of the skills that I've developed, it's personal for me, a lot of the skills I've developed over the years, various jobs, various things that I've done, life that we do, this seems to be the place where I can use a lot of those and it's been really um, beneficial for me as a practitioner in the various things that I do uh, as a professional as a human being as a potential boss but I don't like that word to see it's like oh I can do it then you know and that's been that's been a very positive learning curve as well and I guess you can instill that in some of the volunteers as well, the I can do it attitude. That's it. And they are. When we started the training, we had an, in, uh, an open day for volunteers whilst paint was going up on the walls and it was bedlam everywhere. Um, and then we had, we had a week's worth of kind of induction and training that I'd set out. Really good. They're all engaged. One of the first things I, I'd asked of all of them was to tell me the things they didn't want to do. Because... Bear in mind, I'm working with a predominantly long-term unemployed and adults with learning difficulties at the moment. Um, so I definitely would not want to make any of them feel uncomfortable in any way. So I thought the best way about that is what don't you want to do? So we had lists of what they didn't want to do. And so far, every single one of my volunteers has done things that they said only three weeks ago that they didn't want to do. And it makes me so proud of them. And I keep saying to them, look, you, you know, you said you didn't want to do this. And you've just, just this afternoon, whilst you guys have been sat down, a couple over there, one of my volunteers took her first order. And she came back, she said, I did it. I took my first order. I'm all tingly and my tummy's turning, but I did it. So I gave her a big hug. It was like, you did. Three weeks ago, you said you wouldn't do that. And you've done it already. And it is that we can do this attitude. 
And, and that's just one example. They've all done things like that. So proud of them. And what's really cool is they're proud of themselves and they're seeing their value and worth, which is so important. Where did a name Cultural Squatters come from then if you wanted to always have a cafe called Sunshine Cafe? We're squatting. So, and I always see me and mine a bit of a culture vulture and we are a very culture-based, in, in the broadest sense of the term, whatever, however you perceive culture to be. So cultural squatters just went ping in my brain. I was like, we're cultural squatters. I'm like, yeah, that'll do. I'm like, actually, that's quite a cool name. So yeah, cultural squatters it was. It was just, ta-da. When you say squatting. We, yeah, with, obviously, permission. We, um, one of the gentlemen involved in this, who is an absolute hero, um, and he manages the whole precinct and several others around. And we'd met through Social Enterprise, and this is how it came about. And um, I'd suggested the idea, me and Fiona Wood, who's also kind of like a, in the background here. And uh, we said, this space, pop-ups happen everywhere. How about a permanent pop-up? And he was like, oh my gosh, this is a brilliant idea. I love your energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And made it happen. So we've agreed to pay percentage of our profits to show willing, to show that obviously we want this to be a successful business venture, social enterprise or not. We're a community interest company. So most half of what profit we make after our cost goes back into not just this project, but all the other projects that we've got going on. We've got a collective of artists and other social enterprises that we want to work with, that we are actively working with. Um, and it, it just, once that money's gone, then we pay x amount and uh obviously it's only been three weeks but we've we've had customers every day which i'm so pleased with so that's the projection is that you know maybe one day we'll we'll be paying it full but at the moment we don't have to worry about that we have to make sure that nobody comes in and usurps us and takes us this prompt from us we're making it into a really cool place to be and I don't want somebody else that has the money to come in and try and... But that's, that's the risk we knew. That's what we went into. We know that. We're prepared for that if the worst happens. Hopefully it won't. Would you like to see other places? Because it, it's one of the complaints a lot of people have about Newcastle. Is there's lots of empty spaces. There's lots of empty shops. Would you like to see other people do a very similar uh, arrangement? Not necessarily a cafe as such, but other sort of permanent pop-ups? Absolutely. It's... It's engaging people. I'm really keen to hopefully show people with what we've done here that if I can do it, you can do it. So absolutely, find a space. Ask, okay, we, you know, we had support, but if you don't ask, you don't know. And I know that Mike is really keen to use the empty space in York Place Stroke Astley Walk at the moment. We've had the Yogathon in the old Doggy Mac obviously amazing ymca the place to be next door they've been doing lots of work and it's it's already happening a little bit we, i think there's another pop-up um secondhand clothes shop that, that across the way but we need people to ask you might get told no but you might get told yes 
Absolutely. And it's a great thing to do. It's incredibly rewarding, even though it's incredibly tiring. But we're set up now, so things all... There's no more 19-hour days for me, hopefully. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're local, and even if you're not local, we're worth coming down to, hanging out, having a brew, getting something to eat, try our oat cakes, try our local. This is all very much starting out now. I've got a lot of plans that I want to do, that I will do with this place. We want to have guest vegan cooks in, for example, diverse cuisine, getting people in the community to come in and do something. We're doing, we will be doing um, communal breakfasts for rough sleepers. Uh, Starting from next week, I will have a box at the front where people can put in donated food. And then when we've got enough, and we'll work it to, co- to, to not coincide with the YMCA's. They do something similar in Hanley Way. And we will, uh, with whatever food's in there, I will make a communal breakfast, lunch, whatever the food would suggest the meal would be, and invite the rust sleepers and vulnerable people into our cafe. And we all eat together. It's all donated food. It's the people's food. So we will, I'll make it and we'll eat it together breaking down those barriers it's projects like that trying to engage people to come in and set up their own community groups we've got a lot of space here we can accommodate a few groups at one time like a knit and atta group or crochet group or a cosplay design group or whatever you want to do there's room for you to have 15 20 people sat around upstairs we could easily accommodate three or four groups that size we've got the seating we've got the space have a game of ping pong whilst you're at it use our space for whatever your thing is it's really important that people see what we've got and spark their imagination and and let us be for now because we're the only place around like this somewhere that you can come and do it it'd be really good and I like meeting people <laughs> and dogs. <laughs> you can bring your doggies in. So as soon as the dog comes in, that's it. I'm like, apron off, gloves off. Let's have a fuss. And then we can go back to normal. <laughs> it's an absolutely fabulous place, Cultural Squatters. There's going to be so much going on. And this, the, the space itself is fabulous. The ping pong tables are great. Uh, ping pong balls flying everywhere while I was there. And uh, you will be seeing me in there lots, um, I imagine. Um, I think it's somewhere that I can very much uh, sit back, relax, and probably do some work as well. So hopefully I'll see you in there very, very soon. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, please, please do. Usual ways of getting in touch with me. I say this every week, but it's Facebook, Cultural Quarter in our podcast. There's also Twitter, at CQHpod, and of course the website, cqhpod.co.uk. And obviously, the podcast itself comes out every Wednesday.